healing is uh, a form of freedom. You know, if you've ever been sick and you've gone through de- uh, pain, you know how much you are in chains. You know how much you are wrapped up in, and you're restricted and you don't actually have full uh, freedom. And so I looked up the word disease, and disease is quite interesting. It literally means to be out of ease. Disease means to be out of ease, which I'd never looked at it. And I'm like, look, the word ease is right in the middle of disease. So it's to be out of ease, it's to be taken away from ease, it's to be chained up and, and, and not given comfort at all. That's what essentially what disease is. And so today what I want to do is, in a sense, is is, forgive me if, if what I'm not doing is stirring up your faith and maybe it's more of a cerebral type of approach to this, but I really decided I wanted to demystify healing because uh, I, I think there is a problem with healing in the church, and that is if you don't have it, then is there something wrong with you? Is there something wrong with God? Does it not exist? Is this something that's okay for someone else to have, but I don't have it? And so I want to ask some of the hard questions today, like, you know, is healing for today, or is it something we just read about in the Bible? Um, is what, what is the, what's up with uh, some people being healed and other people not being healed? And maybe what I want to do is start off with asking a question of, who has ever received prayer for healing and actually you were healed. Can I just see by a show of hands? Okay, so there's quite a few of us here that, who have actually gone through that experience. Okay, let me ask you this question. Who of you have ever needed prayer for healing, gotten prayer for healing, but didn't actually receive that healing? Okay, so okay, so there's a good chunk of us that didn't actually receive it, so you know the experience of that. And sometimes what can happen is um, whenever you hear teachings or you read about, you know, about healing, it can sometimes be only focused on the healing and the amazing miracles that have happened in the past, but doesn't necessarily focus on exactly what the issues are with people who are not healed or who have asked for prayer or who have gone through years and years and years of looking for healing but haven't actually received it. These are some of the things I want to look at today. So I have five questions that I want to tackle today. Five questions that I want to tackle today. And then at the end of it, I hopefully um, you'll be encouraged enough to be able to receive prayer today. So if you have, um, you have an ailment or something that you want prayer for, I want to encourage you to come forward to get prayer for it as well. Should we believe in healing? Should we believe in healing? Can I get a no? Can I get a no? Anyone go no? No. Okay, I think if we're all Christians here, we probably believe that, yes, we should believe in healing. But I believe that, yes, is in somewhat uh, polarized in, in many communities in the church. And sometimes we can create these two extreme beliefs. That means that it, it, there's one side of the pendulum that swings so far over one way, and another pen, the pendulum swings so far, it may be in the opposite way. And the first extreme belief is this. We should mainly use the wisdom God has given us through medicine and exercise, why would we ask God for help when he's already given us the ability to heal ourselves? You know, why would, why would we, you know, pray for healing on a headache? And maybe there's many Christians that believe that we shouldn't really bother God with something like prayer for a headache because God has given us ibuprofen. He has given us Aleve. He's given us these little pills that have been able to allow us to heal our own bodies. Why would we go talk about or ask God for, for healing when really it's something that we can deal with ourselves? The other side of the pendulum is this, that using medical aid is an act of unbelief. 
Now, some people actually do believe this. In fact, I think Jehovah's Witnesses are probably the most commonly known group that actually will, they have a belief that you should never have a blood transfusion. It's against the religion. It's against their belief. It's basically an act of unbelief because they believe that God should heal us through our blood, and that he commands us not to have a blood fusion. Our faith is should heal us is what many people believe, and so therefore, any any, any looking towards something that is not of faith is an act of unbelief, and so therefore, really, you don't have faith in God. You're an unbeliever to some degree. I believe that somewhat the answer to this question of should we believe in healing is somewhere in between these two things, and somewhere between prayer and medical help. I find evidence in this, and as I've been studying this, where Paul was, uh, was, was struck with blindness, and then he got prayed for healing, and he actually, was, he actually became uh, uh, seeing again. He could see. There's many things that Paul got sick on, and he prayed for healing, and he got uh, healed from it. He even prayed for someone who was dead, and they were raised from the dead. And yet, to his young disciple, who was called Timothy, he said, have you got a stomach problem? And he did have a stomach problem, and he said, take some wine for it. And everyone said, amen for that, okay? He said, take some wine for it because it's a very analgesic type of uh, 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 medicine. He didn't say pray for your stomach. He didn't say I'll pray for your stomach. He said take some wine for your stomach. And there's times when we do take medicine. There's times when we actually take prayer. And I believe we can actually combine them both together. Number two, <clears throat> number two, does God want us to be healed? Does God want us to be healed? In Matthew chapter 8, verse 17, it says this. When evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to Jesus, and he drove out the spirits with a word and healed all the sick. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah, which said, he took up our infirmities and he bore our diseases. He bore our diseases, our diseases. The short answer to this question, I believe, is yes, because it's not that just Jesus actually acted in such a way that he wanted people healed, but he literally was fulfilling a prophecy that God the Father had given centuries before that he wants us to be healed. He wants us to be healed. <clears throat> but I want to say this, that just in the same way that Jesus has brought us salvation, that our salvation is not entirely complete in this life. I would also have to say that our healing is not entirely complete in this, height, this, this life. We can receive some level of salvation in this life, but we will not be complete until we are in the presence of the Father and we've crossed over into the next life when we're fully in the kingdom of God. And the same way I think is true with us that we can have healing today, but it's not entirely complete until we are in the presence of God. In fact, if anything, we know this, that in order to be in the presence of God, your body has to break down to the point where you die. You're dead. So I don't know if you believe in healing entirely, that it should be existing in this life entirely. I've got bad news for you. You're going to die, right? There's only two people in the Bible I know of that walked into heaven, and I haven't heard of a third one ever since, right? And that was both in the Old Testament. So you're eventually going to die. Even all the people that Jesus raised from the dead, they all went back to the grave and died. Hello. So we know that our healing is not entirely complete yet. Number three, what is the source of sickness? What is the source of sickness? There's all sickness. I'm going, to, I'm going to say a phrase to you that I would, I would say is going to be peculiar to understand, but I will explain it. All sickness is due to sin. 
but each sickness is not necessarily due to sin. Let me say it again. All sickness is due to sin, but not each sickness is necessarily due to sin. How does that, how does that work? All sickness. Well, we know that when Adam and Eve made a deal with the devil in the garden, that they actually gave part of this world and this, this life over to the kingdom of Satan. And so sickness was brought in through disobedience and sin into the world. So all sickness that came about into the world was due to the source of sin that happened in the beginning of time. And in fact, in Genesis chapter 3, it says that, that, that two labors came upon us, a labor for women and a labor for men. The labor upon women would be the pain in their body that they would experience when they were giving birth. The labor upon men was the pain on their bodies that they would experience when they had to bring in support to their family by working the land, by, by doing a job. There should be pains that you go through, and many of you have probably experienced that. You're doing a job right now, and your back is achy. Your fingers are getting tight. Your, your brain is getting tired. Your body's getting worn out because of the labor that you have to go through. The curse of the fall has given us sickness into our lives. We know that all sickness is due to sin, but each sickness is not necessarily due to all of that sin. Let me explain it. There are three ways that I see that, that, that sickness can come to us. Number one, it can be due to a person's own sin. Due to a person's own sin. Proverbs 14, verse 30 says this, that envy is the rot to the bones. The old way I used to read it was that bitterness was rot to the bones. In fact, envy is just another word for bitterness. And I believe, and I've seen this, that bitterness can have an effect on your body is what the Bible says. When you, when you become bitter and you become angry and you will not give that up through forgiveness, your body starts to tighten up. Your body starts to react. It starts to carry tension in your body. Tension has got this bad effect on the body of, of being able to cloud your brain, of, of making your, your body not function properly. You have problems with your back. You have problems with your, your kidneys, with your, with your heart, because tension is coming into your body. In fact, we know this medically that white blood cells that heal your body come from your bones, comes from marrow. And the Bible is saying that envy, that bitterness is wrought to your bones. And envy or bitterness is a form of sickness. It's a form of sickness because it's sin in your life. It then translates into some level of sickness because sin always translates into some level of sickness. Are you following me so far? So if you are in a place where you do have anger or bitterness against someone, I want you to know this, that there is no amount of prayer that will ever heal your body until you're rid of that sickness. In fact, excuse me, in Matthew chapter 9, Jesus was speaking to a young man that was paralyzed, and he said this, your sins are forgiven, now get up and walk. He had connected that forgiveness of sin came first before he could actually be healed. In John chapter 5, it explains it a little bit more. And Jesus said this, and he said, stop sinning or your sickness will become worse. Stop sinning or your sickness will become worse. We can be affected just by our own sin. The second source of sickness, I believe, is this. It can be due to someone else's sin. 
neglect from parents who haven't looked after their children properly. We often see these stories on news where children are not looked after properly. Crystal just came back from Ghana where uh, uh, there are children who are trafficked into uh, the fishing industry and they're sold by their parents into the fishing industry. You can see these young boys are gaunt. You can see that their, their hair is a different color because they're malnutritioned and it's quite horrific. And she'll be talking about uh, human trafficking and, and, and uh, how we're meant to bring freedom to people in quite a few weeks. And you can see how the neglect of their parents on their children's life has affected their children's life where sickness is actually on their body. But neglect from parents is, can be even through a spirit of poverty. I think that's more of a common thing in our culture where you can see the habits of parents and how they live in a spirit of poverty. They don't look after the things that God has given us. They steal, they kill, they destroy, they speak with, with anger, they speak with bitterness, and they pass on the same habits to their children, and their children end up with the same sicknesses in their lives, either mental sicknesses or physical sicknesses because they're not eating properly because their parents didn't teach them how to eat properly. Sometimes your sickness in your body can come from the fact that someone else sinned. It could simply be that a drunk driver was driving down the road and he smashed into your car and now your body is affected by the fact that that person's sin has now spilled over into your life. You follow me so far? But there's a third way that the sickness can come to us and that can be through Satan's activity. Satan's activity, probably the most uh, uh, famous uh, reference of this in the Bible is from the book of Job, when Satan came to God and he said, you know the problem with your creation, God, it's this. You make it so easy for humankind to love you. Look at your guy, Job. It's so easy for that man to love you because you blessed him so much. And God said, no, no, no. He loves me because of his heart. And he said, I challenge you on that one. He said, fine, take everything away from him. You'll still see he loves me. And Satan had the the permission to take away his wife, to take away his children, to take away his business, to take away his reputation, to take away his wealth, to take away his friends. And it got to the point where, where Job did go, Father, why have you done this to me? I demand that you give me an answer. And God said, I don't need to give you an answer for anything. I'm God. You're my servant. You're my son. I don't have to explain things to you. And Job relented and he said, yes, you're right. And he said this wonderful verse. He said, even though you slay me, yet will I praise you. And that's when God went, see, there's my boy. He loves me in any circumstance. Just as Paul said, in each circumstance that I find myself, Peter said it, in each circumstance that I find myself, I will praise your name. Regardless if I'm sick, regardless if I'm poor, whatever I'm going through, I will praise your name. Sometimes what God does is he uses the enemy's activity for his glory. Because there's one thing you have to understand, that his glory and his relationship with you is far more important than any sickness that you go through any trouble that you, or trial that you're actually going through, there is something where God will even allow you to go through difficult times because he values you so much, he wants to bring you closer to him. Now, for some Christians, that would seem like a bad thing. Why would God allow bad things to happen in my life to bring him closer? Is that not schizophrenic? Does that not seem like a bad thing? Would we put horrible things on our children to bring them closer to us? Here's the thing I think we have to learn as parents sometimes is you have to let yourself You have to let your children go through difficult times so that they can become everything that you are, so that they can have everything that you've got, so they can know how to walk with a father just as much as you should walk with a father. See, the amazing thing is, when you ask this question, I bet you 
that most of you have gotten closer to God through trials and tribulation, not through when it was comfortable and easy. Am I right? It's through trials and tribulation that we seem to find a closer relationship with the Father. This is why I think that what God does is that even though all sickness comes from a source of sin, it's not all because of sin. Each scenario you've gone through is not necessarily because of sin. It can simply be because God is allowing that to exist and happen in your life so He can bring you closer to Him. I think that makes God a wonderful God, that's for sure. Number four, how do you get healed? How do you get healed? Good question. How do you get healed? Well, there are three ways that I believe that we can get healed. The first one is this, healing from God. The second one is healing from humans. And the third one is healing from Satan. Let's look at these. Number one, healing from God. In Exodus 15, 26, God declares, I am the Lord, your healer. And if you read through the Scriptures, you'll see how many Scriptures there are all about healing. But the interesting thing is this. Now, listen carefully. The interesting thing is this. I noted how many times people didn't get healed. Jesus even went to the, the, the you know, the story of the pool of, of Beth, the, the, the healing pool. I think it was Bethesda or, or wherever it was. And he went up to a young man. He said, do you want to be healed? And the guy goes, yeah, I, I want to be healed. That's why I'm by this healing pool in order to get healed. And he said... <clears throat> And get up and walk, and the guy, the young man, was actually healed. But how many other sick people were around that healing pool that Jesus walked away from? There's another story where Jesus actually went into the town, and it said he healed their sick. And then after that day, he went up the, up the hill, and he went and spent time with his father. And his disciples came up the next day, and he said, there are so many people looking for you right now. There, there's so many sick people. Come on down, and let's go bring healing to them. And Jesus said, no, I now need to go to the next village and go preach the good news. Jesus rejected some people who were looking for healing because the ultimate goal is not your health. The ultimate goal is a relationship with God. I find evidence in the Bible that even though God wants to heal us, there's evidence in the Bible that God doesn't do things the way that we want Him to do things. Funny story, last year we we did a mission trip to, to India, and I took quite a few guys, and we were doing a, a business uh, a ministry, uh, um, a business conference over there with a church over there. And, uh, and so anyway, they decided to, to have us do a meeting, and they said, this is going to be a healing meeting. And we hadn't planned to do a healing meeting, but they would do a healing meeting. So we said, okay. So we just did testimonies, and they said, okay, there's anyone that wants to come forward to get, to get prayer for healing. And everybody came forward to get prayer for healing. And there was a lady that was sitting over in a chair, and Carlos was with me, and she had this really massive infection inflated leg. I don't really know what the term is for that, but it was very, very swollen, and she was just sitting in the chair. And, um, and so he goes over to her, can't speak Indian, because um, he's not Indian, and he, and, he, and he prayed for her, and he prayed that, you know, for, for the pain to be left from her leg. And he said, okay, now stand up. And he pulled her up, right? And he said, okay, now walk around. And she was just walking around like this, and he goes, do you feel any pain? And then the daughter came along. She's like, like this, and she's freaking out. And he's like, oh, what, what's going on? Someone else came over and did an interpretation and said, she can't walk. And I'm like, Carlos, this is exactly like you. You pray for the wrong thing and then get healing for something entirely different. Because <laughs> sometimes that's the way God operates. God wants to heal us. God hears our cries. He hears our faith. And there's a time and a place for healing, for sure. Even if the person that's praying for you hasn't got a clue what they're doing and they're praying for something completely entirely different, that's okay.com. Don't worry about it. God knows what you're asking for. 
But there's a second way that I believe that we can get healing, and it's actually through humans. Now, forgive me if this is, I don't mean this as a, 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 a criticism of faith, but you have to understand how, I, how, we, or, or how we read the Bible. This is not about medicine. This is about faith healing. In fact, there are six times in the Bible where Jesus said, your faith has healed you. There's times when Jesus went over and he healed people. But there was times when a person, Jesus didn't even have to pray for them. He didn't have to say anything. He didn't really have to do anything. He said, your faith alone has healed you. And I believe this is a much more common thing than than we realize. But there's one problem that I see with faith healing, and it's this. That faith healing can be only as long as you have faith for it. Which is why I believe that sometimes people can come for healing, and they get healed, and then they lose their healing. Why? Because they lose their faith to contain and to, and to sustain that healing. It's a little bit like a placebo type of thing. And to some degree, what it does is it kind of gives us confusion. It can discourage you as well, thinking, what was wrong? I felt healed last week, but now it's back again. The same problem, the same pain. Is it demonic? Is it me? Am I doing something wrong? No, it's simply because it's not so much a God healing, but it's more of a faith healing. I've seen this many times in my life, and, and, and I believe it exists. Whether you agree with that theology or not is neither here nor there, because if the reality is you had a healing one week and you didn't have it the next week, something's going on. Here's the third way that I believe you can receive healing, and it's through Satan himself. Satan is actually known as an angel of light. And in fact, in Matthew chapter 12, uh, the Pharisees came up to Jesus and they accused him of healing people through Satan. The interesting thing is, even though he rebuked them for that idea, he didn't tell them it wasn't possible. He didn't say Satan couldn't actually heal you. He had just told them, how dare you accuse accuse me of something that is by my own power and not by the power of Satan. Now, I believe that some people can actually do this more than we realize. In in Deuteronomy, it talks about how God tells us to not consult uh, witchcraft, to not consult spiritists, to not consult people who are trying to uh, summon power from crystals or summon power from the universe and summon power from places that they have no clue where that power is coming from. And let me tell you, even though healing can come to your life, you're giving something else up in your life. There's a trade-off. The enemy doesn't give you healing just for free. He can do it, and I've seen it in people's lives where they've received power and healing from sources that I don't believe was from God our Father, and I know that even though they might have a new strength and a new vigor, they've traded something off in their life. It might be their children. It might be their future health. It might be something else in their life. Let's get to the last question that is the question that I think is so important. Number five is this. How should we pray for healing? How should we pray for healing? There are Two ways that I believe that we mostly pray for healing. And the first one is this. If it be your will. If it be your will. The second one is, it is your will. Let's look at the first one. If it be your will. Sometimes when we pray for healing, we're basically saying, God, well, if it is your will, I'm not really too sure. But if it is your will, we're just asking maybe if you could try and make that happen. But sometimes what that does is it makes room for it to not happen. And then, but I think worse than that, it makes room for us not to believe. <clears throat> and I believe sometimes what it can do is it can stop us having a fervency of our prayer. And our fervency of our prayer is not to get what we want. Our fervency of our prayer is in order that we have a relationship with the Father. That's why we pray. 
And sometimes what we can do is, if it's your will, it's basically saying, we don't really know you. And sure enough, I don't entirely know God well, but I don't want to be stuck on the, if it be your will. But neither do I want to be stuck on the, it is your will, and I demand it. Years ago, I, uh, when I was about 16 years old, I had really gotten into the theology of what they call faith theology and faith uh, uh, um, teachings. And, uh, and really, this was birthed in America. It was a very big uh, um, theology that really came about in the 70s and the, and the 80s. And I remember studying it a lot, and these faith healers and these faith teachers, and everything was by faith, 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 and you've probably heard about it. And, um, and so I really got into it because a lot of, I learned a lot of stuff from that, 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 that teaching. And it really, it comes down to that you can have what God has told you you're meant to have if you just believe, if you have faith. And that is true to a degree. But my mother went, my mother and father went off to the mission field in, uh, in Uganda. And I remember when they came back, my mother was feeling a little bit sick. And so I thought, great opportunity for me to exercise my faith and command that she will be healed. And I remember praying for her, you know, you will be healed, you will be healed. Oh, and I'm doing the spiritual kung fu, right? You will be healed, you will be healed. And, um, and, uh, and uh, she didn't get better. And then every day I'm like, God, you know, mom, you've just got to believe because if you don't believe, you can't get better. You just have to believe. You have to have faith. And I was trying to encourage her to try and have faith. And then it got to the place where she got so sick, she had to go to hospital and it turned out she had malaria, right? So she got medic medicine for it and she got better. And she got really to a place where she was very deathly. She nearly died. And I remember going through that experience, how guilty I felt I tried to exercise my faith and it didn't work. And either it's because that theology doesn't work or it's because I couldn't get it to work. Something wasn't working. I used it like a formula and it just wasn't working. Why would we go take medicine when we can use faith in order to heal this? What I want you to know is this, that I want you to know that you should have a boldness for trusting God, that He can heal you. But when he will heal you is an entirely different thing. And there was a new thing that I started to believe that was this. And it was something that I learned when my father passed away. And it was this. We should be asking what is your will. Not if it be your will or demanding that it is your will, but asking what is your will. My father in uh, 2000, about the year 2000, he, he got cancer pretty badly. And, and so I flew over to be with him and and to, to help him out, etc. And, uh, and, and, and it was pretty bad cancer, and, and it really racked his body. But he got better, and he got better, and he got better. And after a year, he was actually up and about and walking about, and it was good news. And, and when I lived here in America, I'd try and call him every day to encourage him because I wanted to, to increase his faith, to increase his hope, to increase his joy. And then one day, I got a phone call from my mom that said, your dad's... Oh, gee. <laughs> um, your dad's cancer has come back. And I remember, I remember getting that phone call and the, the yard needed the, 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 the lawn mowed and I went out to, to mow the lawn and I just started praying. I'm like, God, what are we gonna do about this? What are we gonna do about this? What, 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 are we, what do we do with this, this next bout of cancer? And it came back pretty badly. And I remember just pushing the lawnmower and the sun was blazing down me and the sweat is dripping off my, my brow. And I remember God speaking to me very clearly and he said this, prepare yourself to bury your father. And I didn't want to hear that. But because I knew what was going to happen, I knew now how to pray. And I just, I remember sobbing and crying and 
just been really upset by the fact that I knew my father was now done. <clears throat> Excuse me. I knew that God was calling him back to be with him. And that was the day that I realized that there is a will of God that is beyond our understanding. There's a will of God that is not something that we can necessarily uh, uh, put in a box and we can, uh, um, we, can, we, can, we can put a formula around it that this is what going, God's going to do and this is the way he does it. That's not the way that God works. Five people in the New Testament got healed by Jesus for blindness and every one of them, he did it differently. And I believe that yes, that God wants us healed. How he's going to do it and when he's going to do it is on his. It's his business, basically. It's not my business, but my business is to live out the deepest relationship I can with God the Father in the deepest relationship I can. But today what I want you to know is that God is your Father. Gosh, you don't realize how much the Father treasures you and loves you. And healing is one of those things that he wants to have in your life. But maybe that would be the stumbling block between you and him. And he doesn't want that. May there be no stumbling blocks between you and Father God. If the healing that you need is in your relationship, then let that begin. If the healing that you need is in your heart, to be rid of envy and bitterness, then let that be your healing and let that begin. But may it come to the place where you are completely and physically filled with healing too. And so today, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to end today as an opportunity for some of you who want to have prayer for healing to come forward. And I'm going to have the leaders come and pray for you. Unless those leaders have come up first and they want to get prayer, then you're on your own. But I want you to come forward. And if you want prayer for something, we're going to pray. I've got the healing team here. I've got leaders here. And we want to pray for you. We want to believe for you and with you. And we want to trust the Father with you as well. We want to be there with you. Because we know that God wants to bring us freedom. He wants to bring us freedom.